Hello and welcome to Meet Me at the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning II, uh, coming to you from the uh, C19 TV studios. Uh, we do appreciate you tuning in uh, if you choose to, and if you're forced to do it, hey, we appreciate the people who forced you to watch it. So thank you as well. Uh, we do talk movies uh, right here each week, and if you're listening uh, through the podcast and through the radio, that's WGWG.org. So however you choose to spend time with us and however you're forced to do it, we really appreciate it. Thomas Manning, uh, he's in a different location. He's over there beside Camera One. Uh, Thomas, good to have you back. Thanks for having me. I uh, can't believe it, but invite me back once again. Yeah, we did. Uh, Douglas Davidson, hey, let's hear this. Yeah, the crowd. Yeah, the studio audience is going crazy for that. Uh, good to have you back after months yeah. of uh, being on hiatus. And I, I apologize. Yeah, well, we're, we're glad you're back. Thomas has been doing such a great job. I just didn't, you know, I was like, no, let the professionals no, do we're, it. No, we're glad you're here, man. <laughs> that's uh, that's debatable, I would <laughs> say. But. <laughs> we, we do have somebody uh, back on the Tim cam. It's not Tim, but this is the 82-year-old bodybuilder Willie Murphy from Rochester, New York. Uh, congrats on taking out that would-be robber. Uh, if, you, if you haven't seen what Willie can do, Willie Murphy is amazing taking a table to a would-be robber and squirting baby shampoo in their eyes. Right so on. Google Willie Murphy uh, from Rochester, New York. <laughs> YouTube it. Uh, you, you will be amazed. Uh, so Willie, we're glad to have you here. Uh, no, I'm sorry. That's Greg. That's Greg Tillman. Uh, Greg on the temp cam. Sorry about that. Good to see you, man. <laughs> well, we, we did not exile Greg, but we just knew that uh, it might be best uh, to put him uh, back on the hot seat, uh, in that hot seat, for, for a week or so. So, okay. so Greg, thank you, man, uh, and, and Douglas and Thomas, uh, good to see you guys. This really is going to be your show today, <laughs> because I pretty much slept through Thanksgiving and, um, and uh, pretty much the week leading up to it. So I have not seen a whole lot. Uh, I'm catching up on it uh, as soon as I leave here today. But Douglas has seen like a bazillion things, and so Douglas is going to give us, you know, and I think the, the first film we're going to talk about is quite appropriate. Oh, yeah. If we're talking about Thanksgiving, you, you probably still have some of that turkey left uh, yep. after, after yesterday, and, uh, and, and if, uh, if you're watching this uh, the day after Thanksgiving, that would be yesterday, and if you're watching this beyond, there's still Thanksgiving leftovers. That's true. So uh, knives, you got to get your knives out to carve <laughs> that turkey. And so we're going to get your thoughts on this movie that, uh, you know, it's got a little Star Wars connection. It's got a James Bond connection. Absolutely. Uh, and it's got what other kind of connections? Oh, it? it's got incredible connections to just about any modern cinema thing you love. Okay. The cast <laughs> yeah, I, that is in this oh, is and Halloween incredible. references. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is in Ab this. Absolutely. Tony Collette, if you want to keep it in the family. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But the, the cast in this movie, Knives Out, Ryan Johnson, written and directed, it is quite possibly the most fun I've had at the cinema all year. Oh. I have seen close to 300 movies this year. I have not had so much fun. Really? Yeah, it is a very clever whodunit in the way that Johnson, as usual, can't just tell you a regular story. We've seen it in Looper. We've seen it in Brick and Brothers Bloom. Last Jedi, yes. which is, I'm sorry, actually, I'm not sorry. It's probably my favorite Star Wars film. Wow. Because of the way that, <laughs> because of the way that he takes what we expect and gives us something different, and that's what Knives Family Out does. Knives Out absolutely takes, okay, we, you know what a whodunit's gonna have, so we're gonna give you that in the first 20 minutes and then spend the rest of it doing something new. And it is so much fun, and this cast is so up for this. It's Don Johnson, Tony Collette, Catherine Lang uh, Langston, I'm gonna see if I can name everybody, Christopher Plummer, 
um, um, Anita Armas, Chris Evans, Chris Evans, yeah. 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 looking Chris Evans. amazing <laughs> in his sweater, may I add? <laughs> but I mean, this there, there's even more that are in this, yeah. and you could spend so much time. Lakeith Stanfield, Noah Segan, I believe is his name, who is a common. Uh, frequent so a huge, face. huge cast, um, huge ensemble kind of film. All used beautifully, and okay. it is the kind of ensemble film where you can tell they must have been having a wonderful time doing it. I cannot recommend this film enough. It's it's a solid A. Wow. It is it is probably if if you still aren't talking to your family, take them to the dark theater. <laughs> It'll give you something new to talk so, about. So what makes this movie work so well? You, you talk about all the character chemistry. It is character chemistry. It's the cleverness in the script. The whole premise of it is that Christopher Plummer plays a mystery writer, and he's the patriarch of this family about three generations deep, uh, and they're not the best people. The more time you, with, you spend with them, oh, yeah. the more you find that out. I mean, I say the same thing about my family. But, uh, <laughs> oh. I wouldn't say that right now, though. I wouldn't say that right now before it gets edited. <laughs> Greg, Greg agrees with This week's show is about to get real short. But, uh, but it's... It's incredibly layered in the fact that it's not just about the family, it's talking about the times, it's talking about politics, but it does it in a very fun and clever way. Yeah, very cool. So who should go see this movie? Everyone. Okay. Everyone. It is rated PG-13. Okay. It is rated PG-13, which I didn't know when I saw it. I saw some recent advertisements and went, really? Yeah. But it's, it's clever and yeah. good fun, and you get everything you expect out of it. Well, I will say that this film, ever since I saw the trailer, and Thomas and I talked about this, like, okay, got to see that oh, movie. Yeah. Yeah. The trailer was just so well done. And many times you hope the trailer doesn't give everything away. And this one, I, I think you, you could tell it did not give everything nope. away. There's nope. so many different turns that can happen. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this movie. Solid A for you for this. Solid A. Absolutely right. solid A. As soon as the movie ended, I wanted to watch it again. Okay. Well, very cool. Well, let's, let's keep talking about the Star Wars universe as we sure. talked about uh, the director of, of that film. The Mandalorian uh, is a new series uh, that is being brought to us through Disney+. Plus. If you're not familiar with Disney Plus, it's uh, a net, uh, yet another one of these streaming services, the 5,222 <laughs> streaming services that are provided now. Uh, and we're going to talk maybe about another one of those before too long. But, uh, but Thomas, um, you got a chance to check out The Mandalorian before I did the first episode. And we're several episodes in now. And uh, yeah, if you've watched this show, you know we talk about movies and we will talk about TV, especially if it's got that cinematic feel. Which the Mandalorian. The has. Mandalorian's oh. got the cinematic feel. Without a doubt, uh, three episodes into it, I'm watching it. And I just keep thinking, I've never seen a TV show outside of Game of Thrones feel this epic and cinematic, and like it feels like it's worthy of the big screen. I mean, it's awesome that we have it on the small screen, but I'd love to be able to see something like this in a theater. Um, it's overseen, overseen by John Favreau, of course, uh, Iron Man director. Um, Elf. Well, we all know him from Elf. Uh, he's done some stuff with the Clone Wars as well, and he's working closely with Dave Filoni on this one. Dave Filoni also oversaw the Clone Wars. And uh, just a great cast of producers and uh, filmmakers and actors. Pedro Pascal in the lead role as the Mandalorian, and a really interesting type of hero. Um, he's very layered and nuanced. He's kind of an anti-hero. He's a bounty hunter, and uh, he has different jobs he has to do, and... Uh, He's coming from the Mandalorian culture, and he kind of feels ashamed that he's having to take up the kind of dirty work of bounty hunting uh, because that is almost against his culture. But he, because of the times they're in with, you know, the kind of the fall of the Empire and the rise of the First Order, 
the, things are really rough all around the galaxy. And so this is the and, way he's able to survive. Yeah, exactly. And so and he's he, good at he has to do what he has to do. But uh, also, you realize there's a lot more depth to his character than he's not selfish. He yeah. really thinks about his decisions before he makes them. Thinks about the impact they'll have on others. Yeah, early on, and I don't know if it was episode one or two, but uh, there's a decision he has to make. Um, that that's a package he had to go track down, track down this package, you know, bring it back dead or alive. Well, um, not a really big spoiler here since we're several episodes in, but the package is a baby Yoda and, and, I'm, and don't split hairs. We know it's not baby Yoda, but I don't know what else to call the creature other than baby Yoda. And we've, it's been, like, we've been given permission by, by Favreau to yes. say baby Yoda. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We, it's the species, but and it's the most it's the name, a, but we don't know the species. The most adorable, adorable thing. So creature. cute. In the history oh of Star Wars. Yeah. So cute. Yeah, it's probably awesome. in the history of cinema. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Well, 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 somebody yeah. told me it was if a gremlin and Gamora uh, had a baby. And I'm like, well, okay, I can see that. I can see that. Okay, got yeah. green. I guess we'll go with that. <laughs> Greg's not sure. He's not sure about that. Yeah. But visually, it's, oh, yeah. it has this um, kind of spaghetti western yeah, feel yeah. at times. Very much. And um, one of the things that just really blows me away about this is he, he's wearing this mask the entire time. Mm -hmm. But the emotions that you're able to see through the physical acting yeah. is pretty incredible. The music, the score helps yeah. with that. But I'm, I'm just blown away by how you're able to still see the emotions happen. Well, Pedro has proven time and again. Uh, he came on my radar with Game of Thrones, which he may have done for a lot of people. But having seen him in some other stuff, whatever you might think of the Great Wall, he was very good in that. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, what was it? Kingsman, The Golden Circle. He was fun in that movie, yeah. too. But he is a strong actor, and just through the physicality, you can see that conflict. The conflict that you, Thomas, were talking about. It's not something that's made plain. It's all physical. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that he's wearing armor. He never takes off his helmet because that's the Mandalorian way. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I will say, though, and I, I also saw the first three episodes, if you're deep in the lore, yeah. this show is amazing. Is. Oh, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. So yeah. it's good. Yeah. It's so good, and now I wish I were in the lore. Yeah, it, it's it's highly recommended by you, Thomas. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think a mutual friend of us, uh, Adam Frazier, he's big time into <laughs> Star Wars. The deepest big time puts it mildly. Yeah, 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 <laughs> the, mildly. The deepest cuts of Star Wars lore you can imagine, and this is like one of his favorite things to ever come out of the Star Wars medium. And I can't claim to be as well versed as he is, but uh, I'm loving every second of it. Um, just the production values, absolutely off the charts. Like you mentioned, the costume, the costume design is just gorgeous. Like. Um, it's, and well, he, and he got a bit of, he got a bit of no, no, well. yeah yeah the production design all of it uh it very much original trilogy feel um but it still feels unique and fresh yeah. and it's not like just something we've seen over and over again i agree and, and adam frazier i've tried to get you on the show <laughs> a long time <laughs> if you want to talk star wars we can bring you on and let you set us straight when we go down the if wrong path only there was a new movie coming out <laughs> no. that he might want to talk yeah. about yeah. well this is well worth seeing uh if you especially if you're a Star Wars fan, dive into it. Uh, it's, worth, it's worth paying for Disney Plus for this, if nothing else. And there's also yeah. a, a new version of Lady and the Tramp uh, that we haven't reviewed, but it's on there, and they're going to continue to do original programming. And I can't recommend The uh, Mandalorian enough. I highly, highly recommend this. Solid A-plus for me. The practical effects and the digital effects um, have a way of, of merging where it's just perfection yeah. for me. 
Okay, well, right now I'm going to give an A precisely for the thing you just mentioned. I do think there is a bit of an imbalance in the practical okay. and digital effects. Uh, some of it feels like they're going back a little bit too far to original trilogy type technology, and they just can't quite get that mix right. But uh, other than that, it's, it's blowing me away. Uh, okay. But I guess we'll disagree on that part. But okay. That's okay. That's okay. And, and what is your rating for it since you think it's good? Uh, I don't want to choose sides here, but I'm with Thomas. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a You're scene. fired! Uh, bye. It was so great to be back. Uh, no, but there was a moment in episode two and where I was going, this is a little, this looks more like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. than yeah, it does yeah, yeah. Disney Plus, but otherwise it's incredibly cinematic. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that I love most about it is the inconsistency in time. Each episode isn't the same amount of time or even relatively yeah, close. Yeah. They use the exact amount of time that they need to tell this part of the and, story. And I'll I love say, that. I'll say love one of the things about streaming services, and you hit a great point, uh, if we get a chance to talk about Servant, it's the same way. Not every episode is 30 or 40 minutes, and I love that. And, and with these streaming services, you don't have to be locked into a specific time, Absolutely. and I think it really uh, allows viewers to enjoy what's there for the story. So um, Mandalorian uh, on Disney Plus. We're going to take a, a quick intermission. We're going to come back and talk about another Disney-related film, uh, Frozen 2. And we're going to talk about an indie film uh, that's uh, available on DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, Thomas is going to talk about The Fair. That's a twisty tale. Uh, that and much more if we have time uh, right here on Meet Me at the Movies. of Woman to Woman, our show for women and about women. Each month we feature guests that highlight topics that focus on self-care, health and well-being for women, young and well-seasoned, here in Cleveland County. Join us each month here on Woman to Woman on C19 TV, a broadcast service of Cleveland Community College. Killing people dying, children hurt and you hear them crying. Can you practice what you preach? And would you turn the other cheek? Help us and some guidance from above. These people got me, got me questioning. Where is the love? Where is the love? Where is the CCC, we're all about training students for exciting careers. Our Barber Academy is a great example. Did you know jobs for barbers, stylists, and other related fields are increasing? 
competition for the best jobs will be strong. With your CCC training, you'll have a definite edge. Our courses give you the skills and knowledge you need to sit for North Carolina's apprentice barber exam. To move up the ladder, you need at least one year of on-the-job training before you take the state's registered barber exam. If you pass, it's official. You'll be a registered barber. While private barber schools can cost $10,000 or more, CCC makes it affordable. Plus, you can complete our Barber Academy in only 15 months. Now the question is, are you ready to start your journey today? They're gonna put me in the movies. They're gonna make a big star out of me. Welcome back to Meet Me the Movies. Noel T. Manning II here. Hanging out with uh, Douglas Davidson. Douglas there, uh, welcome back. From Elements of Madness and Thomas Manning. Uh, Thomas Manning, good to see you. And uh, we have Greg Tillman. <laughs> Back on the Tim Camp. Man, you pushed the wrong button. There's some kind of weirdness going on. Man, sorry. Uh, oxygen mask is to your left. Uh, actually, it sh actually should have fallen down from the ceiling, but uh, if it hasn't, we'll, uh, we'll, I'll see if I can. Hey, can one of you guys text Tim? Actually, I'll do it because I don't have anything else to do for the rest of the show. So we're gonna, I'll, I'll text Tim, and we're going to go to Douglas to talk about this Disney movie that made a couple of dollars. Uh, uh, a, a little film. Weekend. A little film. It, it, it would actually uh, help him right now. Yeah, frozen. frozen we could use a little Elsa right about right. now. Help put that fire out. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I, I am, uh, I guess, a little bit in the minority here. I've heard a lot of critics talking about the film and how they didn't feel like it was original story and the songs don't have the impact, the anthemic nature of Let It Go. And to them, what, I... What was that word again? Uh, anthemic. Ooh, I like that word. <laughs> yes, good word. Greg's not sure. Is that a good uh, national spelling bee word right there? <laughs> yes. For yes. Doc, doc Shock, yeah. yeah. We'll have to call him up. That's exactly right. See, you think you're coming here for the uh, movie knowledge. Education, man. Ed it's education, it's education everywhere. Education. But... Uh, I actually, Far away. I like Frozen. I don't love go. Frozen. Once I would not put it on if I was feeling sick. <laughs> I just, Olaf drives me nuts. I enjoyed the heck out of Frozen too. Really? I absolutely did. I would absolutely rewatch this film. In fact, I look forward to showing it to my son wow. at some point. He's aware of Elsa and Anna, but he's never watched it. He yeah. just has been interested. He will now. Okay. He will now. I Why? think he'll, he'll enjoy it. The animation is phenomenal. I wish I'd seen it in a premium experience. Theater because the blacks are really dark and the blues and pinks and they're just gorgeous. Yeah. And clearly this was meant to be seen in 3D the way that it's animated. So I wish I'd had that experience. And I often don't go for 3D. I usually wear glasses. So 3D on glasses is yep. not so great. But the 3D is excellent, the animation is beautiful, and to be honest, the story to me is far more interesting. Okay. In Frozen 1, it's more of a acceptance of self, which is wonderful. I'm not discounting that in the slightest. Certainly in a story that gets rid of the you need a man to be whole love story that is in a lot of older Disney films. This one's more about sisterhood and loving self, which is great. So where do you go from that? Well, if you go from the loving of self, it's about then understanding self. And that's what Frozen 2 does, is it explores why Elsa has these powers and where they come from. And they do it in a way that uses aspects of the first film without retconning anything, without removing the value of what came before. Okay. So this becomes really fascinating. And what I thought was great 
Do you guys enjoy that movie? Thomas never I've, saw I've it. I've never seen it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not a problem. Yeah. Disney Plus. This feels like an advertisement <laughs> for Disney right now. Disney Plus has it. Okay. Uh, your, actually, your dad's got a copy of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he could help you out. And there we go. Guy, but there's a song that plays at the beginning of the film. And I'm not talking about the song that the Ice people are singing, which the, is very... The first film. The first film. Okay. But there's a song that plays over the credits. And I found it very strange that the song plays and we get no explanation whatsoever. That song has used again and then carries more weight. It's actually, if I'm pronouncing this right, and I hope I am, it's a song called, let me make sure, uh, Vuli. And it's a song of the Sami people that are indigenous to Scandinavia. And it was used as a reference, a nod to them in the first film, but it becomes more significant in this one, which actually came out of a deal between those people and Disney. Wow, okay. And it's really beautiful, it's lovely, and the songs are actually more personal to the characters instead of being more universal, and I like them better. Okay, so wow, so you like this better than the, the second than the, one? Than, than, than the, the first, first one. <laughs> I, I would give this one a solid uh, A minus, B plus. Okay, very yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Which is it, A minus or a B plus? A minus. Hey, minus. Oh, hey, minus. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll stay on that hill. I got to call you on that. Very cool. Very <laughs> cool. And so who should see this movie? This one is rated PG. Mm -hmm. And what I really loved about it is that it ages up really well. So even though the theater I was in packed with little Annas and Elsas that were clearly not old, uh, born right. when the right. first one came out. But this one has stuff for the adults that saw it in 2013 as well as the kids that saw it in 2013 okay. that are now significantly Very older. cool. So A minus for Frozen 2, yeah. uh, now in theaters for about the next 22 weeks. <laughs> uh, Thomas is going to uh, give us a little uh, look into a film. We're going to hop into a cab uh, in the fair. Uh, this is a sci-fi love story action twisty twilight yeah. zony kind of thing. Right, yeah. So <laughs> you can find this original review on Elements of Madness uh, managed by a guy named Douglas Davidson. I don't know. <laughs> he's a jerk from what yeah. I understand. I yeah, he, him. He's an interesting guy. So uh, yeah, you can find this original, original review published there. Uh, but uh, I'll start out with a little brief synopsis to kind of get things going. So when a charming woman named Penny climbs into his taxi, Harris finds himself entranced. That is, right up until she disappears from the back seat without a trace. As he desperately tries to make sense of what happened, he resets his meter and is instantly brought back to the moment she first climbed into his cab. He and Penny find themselves trapped in an endlessly looping ride that changes their lives forever. So it's got some Groundhog Day feel right. to it. It's got some Close Encounters with Third Kind vibes. Uh, it's, but it's also got some Christopher Nolan memento type stylistic elements in it. Uh, so we have Harris, the main character. He's, he can't remember everything that happens but this woman that keeps disappearing from the back of his cab she remembers everything just fine and uh so he keeps having these flashbacks little brief glimpses of do i know this woman haven't met her before and but then she keeps disappearing and it's just a cycle that repeats and repeats and repeats and it's just a really intriguing mystery uh and some kind of thriller and horror aspects almost and but it's also a love story, a romantic comedy in some ways, as they kind of get to know each other better over the course of this just wild night where bizarre, eerie things are happening and uh, he's trying to piece everything together, but he just can't quite get a grip on everything. And stylistically, it's, you've got uh, elements of it shot in black and white yeah, yeah. and parts of it in color. Yeah, um, so yeah, it opens in black and white. Let's say the first 20 or 30 minutes are in black and white. And uh, then there's a certain narrative occurrence and it's a shift to color 
Uh, and then from then on out, most of it is in color, but then flashbacks are in black and white. So just like Memento, which was Nolan's film from yeah. 2000 starring Guy Pierce. And so our character right here, Harris, was definitely, you could see, was modeled after Guy Pierce's character uh, because he's trying to piece together the puzzle of his past, but yeah. he just can't quite get a grip on everything. So, so when it transitions to color, do you have these munchkins that pop up and say, follow the yellow brick road? Um, well, that, that's a bit of a spoiler, but uh, I wasn't, wasn't going to ruin that. But, yeah. Now, the, uh, the screenwriter was also the lead actress in this as well. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, Brenna Kelly, uh, she did a fantastic job with both roles. Um, just It was just her chemistry with uh, Gino Anthony Pesci together in the they're basically the only two actors in this we have a couple more faces that pop up but it was their performance together that really drove it forward and really? as the screenwriter she did a fantastic job um just balancing both. really kind of a confined yeah. film to that cab for yeah the most part. yeah it was uh, mostly yeah just single location in this cab and then you had shots of the the desert highway they were driving along uh just really really interesting movements of the camera uh they really interesting like drone shots you had tracking shots like on dollies and uh just to kind of connect you to these characters but also create a sense of just the isolation yeah. and aloneness not not just because they're out in the desert but because they're both so confused as to what is happening with their yeah, lives. So it sounds yeah. like they carried the way you're talking. It sounds like you liked this film oh, and, yeah. and it, it was pretty solid. Yeah, I certainly did. Um, toward the end, as they were kind of trying to wrap up things, they couldn't quite decide how ambiguous they wanted things to be okay. and how much they wanted to explain with some exposition. And uh, it, there were a few swings and misses. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was one that I really had an uh, enjoyable time okay. watching unfold. Uh, one that I'd probably watch again to pick up on some more things. Uh, my grade, I'm settling it right around a solid B right now. Okay, so. good deal. Solid B, and it is available on Blu-ray, DVD, anywhere else? It's, uh, v it's VOD. Yeah, video on demand? Okay. Yeah, 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 I think uh, iTunes and mm. stuff okay. like that. Very cool. Well, we've got just a couple minutes. I do want to hear about Queen and Slim, Oof. which is also uh, in uh, in theaters now. Oh man, Queen and Slim. Uh, I say that not because it's a bad film. It it is a film that you must have patience with, and if you are in it with them, it'll leave you gobsmacked by the end. Okay. You could hear the the air just go straight out of the theater wow. uh, as the credits were rolling. It is an incredible film. Uh, Melina Mazukas is the director for it. James Frey and Lena Waithe had written it. Lena, of course, did, created the story. This is a film, now you were talking, Thomas, a second ago about a film that has some other faces, but it's predominantly about these two people. Right. Queen and Slim is predominantly about our leads, Daniel Kaluuya and uh, Jodie Turner-Smith. This is, I think, her big, real mm -hmm. feature debut. She's done some TV, she's done some film work, but this is where she had a name and really significant chunk. The majority of the film is their perspective. It is. It begins with them on their date. We don't even see how they get together. We learn about them through their conversation. We don't get a title card until the inciting incident happens. So it's a long way into it. And everything that happens after that takes course over six days as they're on the run from the law. And everything that happens just when you think that they get a moment's rest, immediately something interjects and a new trial that they have to get through happens. There's a wonderful supporting cast of faces. Uh, we don't need to get into all of them because they don't matter. It is all about Queen and Slim. Wow. And the fact that we don't actually find out their names, I think, is very significant. Wow. 
in the story that it is incredibly relevant. When you talk about audience who should mm -hmm. see this, it's rated R and for very good reason. It is, as a story, a ticking time bomb you mm -hmm. are not ready for when it goes off. Wow. You wow. really are not. It's the things that my audience was laughing at make sense in the sense of gallows humor, that mm -hmm. there were some very real issues this film explores, and the way that mm -hmm. we deal with those horrible events mm -hmm. is often through laughter. Okay. And uh, this is a heavy film. It, you find yourself just celebrating with them when they're ha finding moments of pure mm -hmm. joy, and you find your heart breaking as they are struggling to... to get away and truth be told it's the kind of experience where these are two people on the run from the police because an officer gets shot during a traffic stop but it's more complicated than that okay it's far more okay uh, so for adult audiences Very and much. for those that uh, that can deal with heavy films absolutely okay rating absolutely. Uh, gave it an A, solid A. Okay, wow. Queen and Slim in theaters now. Well, uh, movie quote of the week, which we'll wrap you up with. Uh, this, uh, I mean, I'm just going to say, you know, I wish that we could chat longer, uh, <laughs> but I'm having an old friend for dinner. So uh, thanks to Hannibal Lecter uh, for that. And uh, since it is, uh, we are eating leftovers from Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of appropriate. So until next time, I'm Noel Manning. That's Thomas Manning. Douglas Davidson and uh, Greg Tillman back on the Tim Cam. <laughs> 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 Till next time, that is a wrap. <laughs>